your Locked on the New York Rangers, your daily podcast on the New York Rangers. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back, Blue Shirts fans, to episode number 687 of the Locked On New York Rangers podcast. I'm your host, John Chick. just want to thank you guys, as always, for making Locked On New York Rangers your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms, and it is Monday morning as I'm recording this. The Rangers most recently suffered their first loss of the season, falling to the Winnipeg Jets on the road 4-1, to one, uh, a game where the final score really doesn't tell the story. I mean, this was back and forth the entire way. I thought for sure the Jets had the better of play in the first period. Rangers had a hard time finding their legs. Uh, second period, I thought the Rangers really took it to the Jets. Unfortunately, they didn't have anything to show for it because he had Connor Hellebuck basically standing on his head. He stopped 40 of 41 shots. Rangers probably win this game if the Jets didn't get such a Herculean effort from their goalie. Uh, but, you know, that said, there's still some positives coming out of this game for the Rangers. I thought Yaroslav Halak was absolutely excellent in what was his New York Ranger debut. And I want to spend some time today, you know, talking about Halak's performance, also talking about the performance of Libor Hayek, as well as why I was okay with him having a game, you know, early in the season here. I also want to get to some highlights from the game, but I also want to uh, turn the page a little bit and look ahead because, you know, that game was three days ago at this point. So I want to look ahead to tonight's game. The Rangers will play host to the Anaheim Ducks. Uh, the Ducks 1-1 one one so far this season, so we'll talk a little bit about that matchup. Rangers also uh, looks like they'll probably be without Ryan Carpenter in this game. He had a pretty gruesome injury. It looks like he's okay. He actually posted uh, you know, a picture of the injury on his own Instagram page, so uh, you got to figure Ryan Carpenter will probably be okay, but obviously unfortunate that that happened to him. And also, it looks like the Rangers uh, might be getting Sammy Blay finally back into their lineup, uh, potentially making his season debut tonight in what would be his first NHL hockey game, not counting the preseason, in uh, nearly a calendar year. So good for Sammy Blay. I hope to see him in this game here tonight. But we'll talk about all that in due time. I want to start with a couple of highlights and a couple of talking points from this game against the Jets. Uh, to begin with, you know, the Rangers, it was always going to be an uphill battle on Friday, and I don't think that they played their best. I think for sure the first period of the nine periods that they've played so far this season was their weakest. Like I said, they just didn't have any jump, didn't really have their legs under them, didn't really create any scoring chances, were really back on their heels, kind of relied on Yaroslav Halak to bail them out, which he did early and often in this game. Uh, it seemed like they got it going in the second period. I don't know if they uh, got a you know stern talking to from Gerard Gallant between periods or anything like that. Um, but obviously, you know, they found their game and uh, a competitive game. And then the third period was really kind of a dogfight. I thought the Rangers had the better of play early in the third. And then, uh, you know, the Jets kind of uh, found their game again and uh, ended up winning a, a close game and a game that certainly could have gone either way. Um, but as for Yaroslav Halak, look, I said in the preseason, you know, we, we went through potential free agent targets for the New York Rangers, and there weren't really a ton of them. Because, you know, their, their budget was so limited and they basically spent just about everything they had to get Vincent Trocek, which I do think is a really nice signing. Uh, they currently have less than a million dollars in cap space. But, you know, you're looking at potential backup goalies and you're looking at the free agents. And obviously the Rangers aren't going to go after, you know, a top tier free agent goalie to be their backup because that would make no sense. You've got Igor Shesterkin. You need to save on your backup goalie. And the Rangers did just that with Yaroslav Halak. But to me, he's somebody that uh, for the most part in his career has been underrated, has been underappreciated. And I think with Halak, you know, unlike Alex Georgiev, 
who understandably, you know, he's very young. I, I think Georgie's about 24 or 25 at this point. Uh, you know, he's somebody that was undrafted. I'm sure he's still got a chip on his shoulder about that. And he wants to be a starting goalie in this league. He was never going to get that with the Rangers. So I understand why Georgiev wanted to go somewhere else. But with Yaroslav Halak, 37 years old, he's bounced around the league, played for a bunch of teams, played a bunch of different roles with all these different teams. And, you know, if you're a free agent goalie and you sign with the New York Rangers, you know what you're signing up for. You're going to be the backup goalie. And so I think, you know, Halak, the simple fact that he signed with the Rangers tells me that he's cool with this role. He's cool with, uh, you know, playing number two to a goalie that's just better than him at this point in his career. But, you know, Halak, excellent game. Stopped 30 of 33 shots. I don't even think those numbers really do it justice because, like I said, the first period, the Jets were swarming. The Rangers just did not have their legs. And uh, Halak made some really good saves. Uh, the first shift of the game, he was making a couple of really tough pad saves, keeping them in it. And um, the only goal that he gave up you know, before the the final three or four minutes of this game was in the first period. It was to Mark Shifley, and this one just had goal written all over it. Uh, you know, the Jets had the puck behind the net. They passed in front. Shifley's all by himself, and uh, you know, I, I said, "Oh, bleep and bleep!" As soon as I as soon as I saw uh, Shifley receive that pass, it just looked like it was going to be a goal, and it was. Uh, but Yarrow was was awesome in this game. Uh, second period, he had uh, you know uh, a save where he had to push off, move to his right really fast, deny a stuff in attempt, make a really nice pad save. His lateral movement was really really good in this game, and so yeah, I'm feeling really good about what I saw from Yaroslav Halak overall in this game. I would imagine a lot of Ranger fans are as well. To me, look, you don't want anything to happen to Igor Shesterkin. We do know he's had a couple of you know injuries that have caused him to miss some time the first few seasons uh, of his career. With Halak, I feel like if that happens, if we're in a spot where Igor, you know, knock on wood here, but if, if Igor has to miss, you know, two weeks, three weeks with some kind of an injury, uh, Halak can step in there and hold down the fort and give you a chance. And even more, knock on wood, if there's a spot where, like, there's a playoff series where Igor has to miss a game or even two games, Halak, again, he at least gives you a chance. It is a massive downgrade going from Igor Shesterkin to basically anybody at this point, but Halak can at least keep the train on the tracks. He can at least give you a chance, and I think that was on full display. Uh, you know, with what he did here against the Jets. Uh, I also want to talk about Libor Hayek. This was kind of a hot-button debate at the, uh, you know, the the beginning before the game started. A lot of people saw that Hayek was going to be in for Zach Jones, and they weren't happy about it. Oh, my God, why are we going back to Libor Hayek? And this, that, and the other thing. Somebody even tweeted that, like, oh, great job, Gerard Gallant. You're killing the chemistry of this team already. And I'm like, are you kidding me? Like, come on. Well, let's not go nuts here. If you wanted Zach Jones to keep playing, I can appreciate that. There's certainly a case to be made for that. The reason why I was okay with Libor Hayek getting a game here, I mean, really a couple reasons. You know, for starters, and I mentioned this not too long ago, but I don't think that you want a situation, Gerard Gallant said as much, you don't want Libor Hayek to be a healthy scratch for like 20, 30, 40 games, and then he's got to step into a game in the middle of a season against like a division rival or something along those lines, and he hasn't played the entire season. I think it's fine to get him a game, you know, early. Uh, as far as like the human side of it, I think that, you know, it, it's not the worst idea, not that you want to make this a complete, you know, charity case here, but... It's not the worst idea to get everybody on your roster a game early in the season. Make them feel like they're part of the team. Get them out there. See what they can do. Uh, and I thought Libor Hayek in this game played very well. You know, Zach Jones had a little bit of a hiccup in the game prior. And I, I still want Zach Jones out there. And we're going to get to that in a second. I still think that regardless of how Libor Hayek did in this game, Zach Jones should be out there for the fourth game of the season. And we'll see if that's what happens. But Hayek you know, for his part, I thought did pretty well in this game. He certainly wasn't a liability or anything like that. 
I noticed there was a play, I believe it was in the first period, he was engaged with former Ranger Morgan Barron, who's now on the Jets. He went to the Jets as part of the Andrew Kopp trade last season. But, you know, really physical board battle between the two of them, and Libor Hacks stayed with him all the way. And then uh, Barron went in front of the Ranger net, tried to kind of set up shop there, and uh, Hayek stayed with him again, and kind of, you know, they were tussling a little bit. So that was good to see Libor Hayek stick his nose in there a little bit. Uh, there was also a play, this one happened in the second period. Uh, the Jets were coming flying in on a rush, and Hayek uh, basically, you know, poke check, knocked the puck away, and basically forced the play to be outside. He kind of disrupted their rush. So that was a really nice play by Hayek there as well. So uh, you just keep your fingers crossed. Look, I don't expect Leroy Hayek to become like this superstar player for the Rangers. I don't even think he should be out there uh, for the fourth game of the season over Zach Jones. I think the Rangers should go back to Zach Jones for this game against the Ducks here tonight. But you know what? I, I thought Hayek did okay here, and I have no problem. Look, what, what did he play in this game? Because I have the box score here. I want to see how many minutes he got. Uh, Libor Hayek got 13 minutes and 45 seconds of ice time, which was the fewest among Ranger defensemen. The next fewest was Braden Scheider at 15-14. So this idea that like you're going to kill the chemistry and ruin the momentum and do this and do that and cause all this damage, I don't think the Rangers are going to be completely derailed by Libor Hayek playing one game and getting a lousy 13 minutes of 45 seconds of ice time. I think they'll be okay. So let's not go nuts. I mean, if you wanted Zach Jones in there, I can at least understand that. But let's not act like you know it's going to doom the Rangers to, uh, you know, just whatever bad thing's happening this year. Uh, I did want to talk about some of the other highlights of this game, and uh, I figure we will get to that in just a second here. But first, got to let everybody know that today's episode of Locked On New York Rangers is brought to you by Simply Safe. The numbers do not lie. In the last decade, over 4 million people have chosen Simply Safe Home Security to protect their home. You don't earn the trust of that many people without doing something right. At Simply Safe, your safety is the only thing that matters. With 24-7 professional monitoring, Simply Safe's agents call you the moment a threat is detected and dispatch police or first responders in an emergency, even if you're not home or if you can't be reached. Simply Safe blankets your home in protection with advanced sensors in every room, window, and door. HD security cameras for inside and outside your home. Smarter ways to detect motion that only alert you when a threat is real and even hazard sensors that instantly detect fires, floods, and other threats to your home. Our monitoring experts use proprietary advanced response technology to visually confirm when a break-in is real so you can get the highest priority police dispatch. Customize the perfect se- perfect system for your home in just a few minutes at simplysafe.com slash locked on NHL. Save 20% on your Simply Safe security system when you sign up for an interactive monitoring plan and get your first month free. Visit simplysafe.com slash locked on NHL to learn more. There's no safe like Simply Safe. All right, so just want to thank you guys, as always, for making Locked On New York Rangers your first listen every day. Make your second listen when you're done here, game to game NHL. Every moment, every performance, every result, Locked On Game to Game covers every game from across the NHL with local analysis that only Locked On can deliver. Follow Game to Game on Locked On NHL, available on the Odyssey app, YouTube, and wherever you get your podcasts. And so, yeah, I figure we'll keep rolling right along here. I want to talk about a couple other, uh, you know, talking points, highlights from this game here. Uh, I thought, you know, the biggest takeaway from me is that we're three games into the season. I think the Rangers have been anywhere from pretty good to absolutely excellent in eight of the nine periods. The only hiccup being the first period against the Jets 
And the Rangers were up against it a little bit, and I'm not trying to make any excuses here. I'm just stating facts. I mean, the Rangers, they're playing the second game of a back-to-back. They're playing their third game in four days, and the Winnipeg Jets were playing their first game of the season at home. So that's already going to be a little bit of an uphill battle. I will say, you know, for a team making its, you know, season debut and and opening at home and playing a a team that was in the Eastern Conference Final like the New York Rangers, you know, kind of a something of a marquee matchup, I would say. I mean, I know there's not really any history between the Jets and Rangers, but still, you know, you're going up against a, a team that made a heck of a run last year. This crowd was ridiculously quiet. I I know that they were a disappointing team last year were the Jets. Maybe they have, you know, that bad taste still in their mouths. I don't know. The only time this crowd really made any noise was when Jacob Truba had the puck to boo him. That was about it. So make of that what you will. Just thought it was an unusually quiet home crowd here in Winnipeg, especially for the first game of the season. Um, But yeah, I mean, it it is what it is. Um, You know, there was a situation in this game, and I got to give a little bit of a shout out to Vinny on Twitter because he pointed this out to me. Uh, Artemi Panarin is not, you know, he's obviously a phenomenal player. His strong suit is not breakaways because he was 0 for 8 on breakaways last season, which just boggles your mind to think about because he's so skilled with the puck and just has all these tricks up his sleeve. You would think that he would finish on breakaways more often than not. And on top of that, he's phenomenal uh, in shootouts in his career. I think he's right around 50%. I would have to look that up, but it's right around 50%. Might even be a little bit better than 50%, which is phenomenal as far as shootouts are concerned. And I realize, you know, shootouts, breakaways, it's a little bit different. You know, shootouts, you know you're going to take the uh, the attempt. You know that there's nobody else on the ice. There's nobody chasing you from behind. It's just you and the goalie, and you can plan out your move. Uh, but even so, you know, I, I would still expect Artemi Panarin to be better at breakaways than he's been, and he was stopped on a breakaway in this one. Uh, he was in the penalty box and came out of the penalty box. Mika Zibanej had a phenomenal pass up the ice, springs him on the breakaway. Uh, Connor Hellebuck ends up stopping him. So that was kind of a bummer there. Rangers had a chance to go up one nothing. It did not happen. And uh, the Rangers, they, like I said, tough first period. I thought in the second period, something that kind of got them going a little bit was the uh, fourth line. They had a shift where they had the puck in the offensive zone, some good ozone time there, and a couple of really big hits. Uh, Ryan Reeves had a big hit. Dryan Hunt had a big hit. Ryan Carpenter was uh, still in the game at that point. More on him in a minute. Um, But yeah, I I thought that kind of got the Rangers going a little bit. And when this happened, it was interesting because like I said, some sustained offensive zone time for the fourth line here, a couple of big hits, and eventually uh, Hellebuck froze the puck. Now you've got an offensive zone draw forthcoming. And there's part of me that thinks like, okay, well, it's time to get, you know, one of the top two lines onto the ice. You've got an ozone face-off forthcoming, and, you know, you, you want to take advantage of that. You want to get a scoring chance here in a game where scoring chances have been few and far between for the Rangers. But by that same token, I understood Galant's decision to leave the fourth line on the ice here, which I normally, you know, for the fourth line, you don't want them taking like seven or eight offensive zone draws in a game, but I think one or two is okay. And to this point, like I said, it had been a pretty nondescript game for the Rangers. They just hadn't gotten anything going. The fact that, you know, this fourth line had just come up with the best shift of the game, arguably, for the Rangers to this point, I think it was fine to leave them out there and give them a chance to do something. Uh, They didn't end up scoring or anything like that, but I am a big fan of players being rewarded for strong play. And like I said, I really do think that was the best shift of the game up to that point for the Rangers. And I tweeted out not too long after this, because the Rangers were down one nothing for a long time in this game, and I tweeted out that you know, I'm feeling a, a goal from a bottom sixer. You know, I feel like somebody on the bottom six is going to come through with a goal. And I was half right because Dryan Hunt ended up scoring a game-tying goal for the New York Rangers. 
But by this point, Ryan Carpenter was injured and out of the game. It was into the third period at this point, about four minutes into the third period. And Hunt scored while he was out there with Panarin and Trocek. So flashbacks to last season, Ryan Hunt getting a, a little bit of a look in the top six. Of course, it was necessitated by the fact that the Rangers were down a forward anytime that happens. Which, by the way, that feels like it's happening in every game for the Rangers this season. A forward gets hurt. They have to go with 11 forwards the rest of the game and kind of mix and match. And, you know, guys moving up and down and all over the place, double shifting the whole nine yards. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, Dryden Hunt took advantage of an opportunity here. This was an outstanding goal uh, by the Rangers. He had Panarin moving in up the left side of the ice. And he's along the boards. He hits the brakes and uh, creates some separation. And something that I've noticed from Panarin, it's something that, that's always kind of been there, but it's really stood out to me early in the season here. Something that he's very good at. He can just stop on a dime. And a lot of times when he does that, you know, the defender, the defenseman, whoever it is, they'll, they'll kind of just go flying by him. Like they just, they don't see that move coming. They don't see him stopping like that. You don't think of Panarin as like a warrior along the boards, but that's one thing that he can do very well in that situation. He'll go flying up the boards and then he'll just stop and then whoever's defending him is just kind of left flailing and, and they just go sailing right by him. So that's what happened here. Panarin hit the brakes. He uh, passes to Trocek. You know, Trocek was a little bit late coming into the zone, but he finds him, hits him in stride. Uh, Trocek did have to kind of turn and receive this pass on his backhand, but Trocek keeps moving toward the goal line. Uh, Trocek spins to his left, throws a pass across the crease to Dryden Hunt. And Hunt, you know, the, the pass wasn't right on the money, so Hunt, instead of uh, receiving it with his stick, he had to use his right skate to, uh, you know, corral the puck. But he does that very effectively and, uh, you know, flicks a shot into the top shelf and, and beats Connor Hellebuck, which was uh, no small feat on this night. Like I said, that was the only goal he allowed on 41 shots. And I really do think the Rangers are 3-0 right now, if not for the play of Connor Hellebuck. But I got to give props to Dryden Hunt here. This is a phenomenal play, uh, you know, showing some skill there. And instead of, like, you know, trying to reach for the pass with his stick, which would not have worked, uh, to have the wherewithal to, you know, understand to knock it down with his skate first and, and take his time with it. He was wide open on this play, take advantage of the extra time that he had, and then uh, an absolute snipe, you know, from right there on the doorstep. So uh, great stuff there by that second line or the makeshift second line or whatever you want to call it. But uh, really, really cool seeing Dryan Hunt uh, score that goal there. He started the season as a healthy scratch. He is a hardworking player. I think his upside is extremely limited, uh, but a fantastic play here by all three guys, Panarin, Trocek, and Dryan Hunt, uh, making it happen and tying the game. And then unfortunately, you know, not a lot of time left, about four minutes or so. Uh, the Jets end up scoring the game-winning goal. It was uh, Gagne. Yet a situation where Gustafsson was behind the net. He won a board battle against Keandre Miller, which was unfortunate. I thought Miller, he was going to get to the puck first, and... Gustafsson just got the puck away from him, uh, got it in front, a little bit of chaos, and Halak made what was one of many of his outstanding saves uh, on this play against Gagne. Unfortunately, Gagne got his own rebound, put it into the twine, and uh, just like that, the Jets are up 2-1. to one. Then, of course, you know, the Rangers, they're, they're looking for the equalizer. Truba takes a penalty with about 2.30 to go, so... Now you're shorthanded trying to get the, the game-tying goal. And, of course, it never even really came to fruition because the Jets score on the power play, and uh, then they added the empty netter. So final score, 4-1, to one, but that's not indicative of how this game went. It was very back and forth, very evenly matched, and certainly could have gone either way. And once again, I do think would have gone the way of the Rangers uh, had it not been for the phenomenal play of Connor Hellebuck. Um, but, yeah, I figure that, that's pretty much it as far as, you know, the game against the Jets. Like I said, it was three days ago. So in just a second, I want to... Uh, Go ahead and kind of turn the page. The Rangers practiced on Sunday and, uh, you know, talk about that. Also talk about some of the injuries and talk about this matchup against the Anaheim Ducks here tonight. I think a prime opportunity for the Rangers to bounce back, which was kind of their calling card last season. Anytime they suffered a loss, 
far more often than not, they would come back that much stronger in the next game. So uh, we will talk about all that in just a second. Okay. Updates from practice on Sunday. I figure we might as well go ahead and start with the line combinations because they are a little bit different. Uh, the top six is still the same as it pretty much should be. You've got Mika centering Kreider and Kako. You've got Trocek centering Panarin and Lafreniere. No reason to make any changes there. Both those lines have looked good for the most part this season. Uh, the third line looks a little bit different. You've got Heedle centering VZ on the left wing and Sammy Blay on the right wing. And I'm really excited for Sammy Blay. Uh, it's been a long road back, and he, he's out there for the preseason after not getting to play a whole lot for the Rangers last year, taken out on a dirty pay, dirty play, excuse me, by P.K. Subban. And um, yeah, I mean, he's getting his opportunity here tonight, and he's going to get to do it in a top-nine role. So that's exciting. Uh, it's interesting. You know, you've kind of got two grinders in VZ and Blay and a skill guy in Filipino, but, you know, we'll see how that line comes together. I'm certainly willing to give it a chance. And as far as, you know, the players that are available right now, I think that's probably the way to go. I think you would go with uh, those three players. There's a case to be made for Barclay Goodrow perhaps playing on the third line instead of one of these guys. But it's probably not the way to go right now because you need a center for the fourth line. And you do not have your fourth line center right now because uh, Ryan Carpenter was cut really bad by a skate, uh, as I mentioned, in, in the most recent game. And, I mean, he, he posted a picture, like I said, I think it was on Instagram. It made its rounds on Twitter as well, though. Uh, but I'm glad he's okay or as okay as he can be after suffering an injury like this. I thought about, you know, maybe showing it here. And, of course, I would give a disclaimer that if you're squeamish, okay, skip ahead 15 seconds. I don't want to show it on YouTube because YouTube can be a little bit weird with this kind of stuff and, like, you know, shut down your channel or, or whatever. So I don't want to show that. Um, you can seek it out yourself, but I would I would caution, do it at your own risk because it, it is not a pretty picture of what happened to him. Uh, his ear got cut a little bit. Looks like he's got some stitches. And uh, just very, very thankful that it wasn't worse than it was. And every time this happens, I know I've mentioned this before on the podcast, but um, I'm always just amazed that it happens seemingly as infrequently as it does when somebody gets cut pretty bad by a skate. I mean, you guys see how hard these guys compete, and you know you've got all these scrums in the in the goalie crease, and, and the, everybody's flying everywhere, and people are down on the ice, and people are off balance. It's it's amazing it does not happen more often than it does. I'm thankful that it does not. And uh, Carpenter, like I said, just very very thankful that this wasn't worse than it was. And uh, we'll see how long he's going to be out. But yeah, with him being out of the lineup or seemingly out of the lineup for this game tonight. You've got Goodrow centering Hunt on the left wing and Ryan Reeves on the right wing, which is pretty much the common sense way to go here. Uh, you've got no Carpenter, and you still don't have Vitaly Krasov. Krasov was skating as an extra during the practice, and uh, we'll see when he's able to come back. Haven't really heard anything definitive. It, it doesn't sound like it's going to be a super long time, but it also, you know, I haven't heard anything from Gallant that suggests that his return is imminent. Uh, we'll see. The Rangers play Thursday against the Sharks. That's their next game after tonight's game against the Ducks. So uh, we'll just see if Krausoff is able to uh, to skate in that game. Uh, something interesting from practice as well. You know, I mentioned that I was okay with Libor Hayek, um, you know, getting a game. But it sounds like at practice, the Rangers were rotating seven defensemen. And that, you know, the first in the first rotation during the scrimmage, you had Schneider out there with Hayek. Make of that what you will. That does seem like a little bit of a hint that we might be getting uh, Hayek out there again with Schneider tonight. I'm not a big fan of that. I think Zach Jones is pretty much ready to go in the NHL, but you got to let him take his lumps here and there. You know, he had that one misplay against the Minnesota Wild that led to a goal, but it was harmless enough. You know, the Rangers won that game 7-3 to and uh, pretty handily. But um, yeah, I don't know. I Hayek did all right. I, I would like to see Zach Jones back out there in this lineup, though. Hayek, to me, should be uh, the seventh defenseman for the Rangers. Also of note, though, 
is that Zach Jones was getting some time with the Rangers' second power play unit. And it seems like for that second unit, they're pretty much going to go with Truba and the three kids, you know, the, the kid line, Lafreniere, Kako, and Hedl. And then, you know, the fifth spot is kind of up for grabs. We saw Krass off there uh, for a time in the preseason. And then, of course, he gets hurt in the regular season. We'll see if he's back out there uh, whenever he returns to the lineup. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I got no issues with Zach Jones. I would think maybe Keandre Miller would get that spot, although Zach Jones, by all accounts, that is one of the strengths to his game. So it's nice that the Rangers have so many options. You know, if we were doing an episode at this point in the season two years ago, certainly three years ago, we'd be sitting here trying to figure out how to even fill out the lineup much less the two power play units. So it's nice that the Rangers uh, do have all these different options and guys that are uh, very well suited to play on the man advantage. Uh, apparently, it was also a pretty physical practice on Sunday. There was, uh, according to a tweet from Colin Stevenson, there was a incident where Ryan, Lee, Ryan Reeves, excuse me, put uh, Keandre Miller into the boards pretty hard. So sounds like the Rangers were, uh, you know, competing pretty hard in this game. And uh, as far as anything else that I wanted to talk about here today, I mean, we got this game against the Ducks coming up. Uh, for anybody wondering, uh, the Ducks are 1-1 one one to start the season. They beat the Kraken 5-4 in overtime in their first game. They then turned around and lost 7-1 to one to the Islanders. I don't know how you give up seven goals to the Islanders, but the Ducks somehow found a way. And as far as, you know, former Rangers, you've got Ryan Strom. I think some people might be interested in this. Ryan Strom is centering the top line. He's out there with Mason McTavish and Troy Terry. And Frank Vitrano has been on the second line, uh, actually playing the left wing, which he can do. Uh, it's easy to forget that because he was only ever on the right wing for the Rangers. Um, but he's on the left wing, and he's out there with Trevor Zegras and Pavel Regenda. And on opening night, Ryan Strom actually got three points, a goal and two assists, and Frank Vitrano scored a goal as well. So... You know, I mean, you, you could pretty much pencil. You know they're at least going to get a point. I mean, I I would sign up for right now. If you told me that, like, one of them would assist the other for a goal tonight, and I know they're on different lines, but if one of them would assist a goal for the night, but that's it, besides that, there's no more scoring from Stromer Vitrano, I would sign up for that. I think the Rangers would be able to overcome that and uh, win this game you know, in, in a pretty, I don't want to say dominant fashion, but it's a game that the Rangers should win. And it's no disrespect to the Ducks. They were not a good team at all last year. I don't think that they're looking like a special team this season. I'm not as familiar with the Western Conference teams as the Eastern Conference teams, but it's a game that the Rangers should win. They should bounce back as they've done uh, all last season. Hopefully that becomes a trend again this season. You can start that tonight. So we'll see how it goes. Um, Rangers also sign a defense in Ben Harper to an AHL PTO deal. Uh, ben Harper has played 156 games in the NHL. We're going to discuss him in a little bit greater detail in a future episode. Where there was a lot to do here today, and obviously this is a pretty minor signing for the Rangers, but you got to figure that they're doing this in part because, of course, Jared Tenorti was claimed on waivers by the Chicago Blackhawks. He's out of the picture, and uh, Ben Harper, you know, in theory, could be organizational depth and uh, somebody that you could slot in there with the Hartford Wolfpack. So we'll see how that shakes out. But like I said, we'll discuss Harper in future detail in a future episode. And um, yeah, LED boards. I wanted to talk about this too, because there was an episode not too long ago where, you know, I mentioned that it's a little bit distracting watching this on TV. You've got all these advertisements, you know, going up and down on the boards. Apparently, uh, the players cannot see this, which is good because they shouldn't be able to see this. It, it'd be very distracting in my personal opinion if you're a player out there trying to deal with this nonsense. Um, but it's basically like, you know, the first down marker in the NHL where, or in the NFL, excuse me, where, you know, we can see the line, but the players on the field cannot see the line. So that's pretty much the long and short of it. The players cannot see uh, those those boards, which I guess you wouldn't really call them LED boards. I guess they're just TV graphics or whatever you want to call it. 
They're a little bit on the annoying side, but I guess we'll all get used to them like we do with all these other changes that the NHL makes. Um, one other thing I wanted to mention real quick here, Brent Othman. Obviously, he could not play for the Hartford Wolfpack this season. He was six days too young to be able to be eligible to play for them. Uh, he has 11 points in five games in the OHL, just putting up ridiculous numbers. And I mean, there's not much else for him to do in the OHL, but uh, that's where he is right now. And I suppose uh, the Flint Firebirds are happy that he's back and uh, we'll continue to monitor his progress. We'll check in with him from time to time. We'll check in from time to time with the other Ranger prospects. We'll check in on how the Hartford Wolfpack are doing. We'll do that as soon as we have an episode here where the Rangers haven't played uh, the night before. Uh, but yeah, that's pretty much it for today, guys. I figure uh, we can call it there. If you'd like to get in touch with this podcast, please send an email to LockedOnNYRangers at gmail.com. Once again, that is locked on NYRangers at gmail.com. And definitely give us a follow on Twitter as well at LO underscore NY underscore Rangers. Once again, that is at LO underscore NY underscore Rangers. And definitely subscribe to Locked On New York Rangers YouTube channel. Thanks again, guys. I'll see you next time. Thanks for making Locked On New York Rangers your first listen every day. Now make your second listen Locked On Fantasy Hockey. Steel Rodine and Flip Livingston bring you the fantasy edge and keep you ahead of the competition with daily updates of news, analysis, and advice Monday through Friday. Available on YouTube, Odyssey, and wherever you get your podcasts.